The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Now on Mitchell's Front Page... The Monday Sports Panel. Peter is in the studio. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Very well, thank you, Mitchell. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad for a lockdown. Hoping for some good news maybe today or tomorrow from the Premier. Um, But we do have a special guest on the line, and uh, this is to talk about the impacts to local football. Who have we got with us? Uh, Yes, Mitchell, we've got the uh, the president of the uh, Geelong District Football League in uh, Neville Whitley OAM. And uh, thanks very much, Neville, for joining us this morning. No worries, Pete. Well, I wanted to just start by saying, how have you dealt with this uh, situation? Because you've not just lost one week of football, you've lost, I think, two now. And I don't know, is this week coming up in the balance? Well, it is. Uh, It depends on what the government comes out with tomorrow night, whether we're allowed to play senior football going forward and junior football, for that matter. So uh, we're sort of uh, looking at a crystal ball to see what's going to happen. But uh, we've got a few options and uh, a few uh, priorities that we we have looked at. And uh, we just, as I said before, it's just a matter of waiting for the government to come out with their decision. One of the um, one of the things, Neville, is um, I, I saw uh, in an article a couple of weeks ago, um, is that the possible extent or the uh, number of final uh, teams in the finals, perhaps uh, going from the normal final five to a, a six or even possibly an eight, and um, the fact that you've probably got a little bit of flexibility up your sleeve having played the 11 games. So each team's played each other once. So um, have you been in contact now with the clubs and, uh, and their ideas on whether um, if we can come back uh, in the next week or so that we do uh, do make that a, a different format for the finals? Yes, well, I asked, I asked my executive to come up with uh, suggestions outside the square sort of thing, Peter, mm. to um, come up with, with with ideas. And that was one that we, put, we, we sort of uh, put up along with zones and uh, we had a look at a lot of alternatives but when you think sit back and look at it we want to get the year over as quick as we possibly can mm-hmm. by extending it we could run into trouble again by yeah, having another lockdown who knows what, what the future holds mm-hmm. so what we decided yesterday at a meeting was to make it fairly simple was to um, align ourselves with GFL and and the junior uh, grades mm-hmm. and, uh, and and ground availability so we we hope to commence this Saturday, and if we do, we'll start at round 14. Mm-hmm. We've already dropped off six, uh, 17 and 18, so the last shot shut down. But um, we'll, we'll start at round 14 and hope we can get 14, 15 and 16 uh, out of the way. Uh, as you said, we have played um, each other once, which was good to get that out of the road. We're the only league that has. I noticed the other two leagues are struggling and they didn't go down that, that road when we started back uh, previously. Mm. But um, I think if we can get the 14, 14 15, 16 games through, it'll, it'll lead up to the, a good final series uh, going forward. Look, talking about the top eight, it's pretty hard to probably bring that uh, in at this stage because it also not only affects uh, sides down the ladder, um, yeah. It probably helps them make play in the finals, but yeah. are we are we uh, making it uh, a little bit of a fluffy type uh, operation? And then when you get to the top of the ladder, a club like we, uh, Inverley, who have um, underfed at the moment, have got to win three games to get mm-hmm. to, the, to win a premiership, and not two, two. under our yeah. normal process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that idea is not going to fly. I'm just wondering, can you operate? 
in any way with even reduced crowds or no crowds at all, or does it just not become economically viable? Well, it's, it's, we can operate. We've already done that once with uh, Werribee Central. When we got back last time, they, were allowed to have, they weren't allowed to have crowds in the metropolitan area because they came out of the metropolitan. So we've got a little, another issue with that, of course. Mm. With, uh, if they cl- keep the uh, open regional and uh, shut, keep um, metropolitan closed, Werribee Central's are affected. So our clubs say that we won't go ahead play if wherever centrals can't um, participate mm. so we've got another issue as well yeah and they're currently sitting fourth on the ladder too aren't they neville so that's right yeah. yes that's incredible i mean just the things you've had to deal with i mean the fact that you've already lost was it two weeks as you said to the previous lockdown and now losing two more weeks at least possibly a third i mean it's um, a miracle perhaps that the competition's able to still run at all given the amount of disruption that you've had to deal with Yes, it is. It, well, I think uh, you know, sports very important to uh, get out there and, and let the players, especially junior level as well, to compete and, uh, and and exercise, and and to people to communicate with one another at, at club level. And um, I think that's important as well, apart from the game itself. But um, I think there's a lot more people worse off than than us trying to get a game of football up and running uh, through, throughout the country. And the quicker we can get over this. Um, and get vaccinated, uh, the better it will be. Yeah, that's very true. There are people doing it tough. What do the clubs say? Are the players saying, you know, we just want to get out and play? Are they willing to be flexible? What's it like been dealing with them? The clubs have been very helpful and uh, assistant. The, the players just want to get out and play the game and uh, enjoy their football. But, um, you know, we're coming to the, the pointy end of the season and uh, to... To try and get two or three matches up, because you've got these sides that haven't won a game at the bottom of the ladder. And they, what do they think? You know, is it worthwhile competing? And mm. and I'm sure our clubs will will all come together if we're allowed to play this week. If we're not the following week, so uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that we can get up and running. And uh, when can GDFL fans expect an announcement about the weekend? Will you have sort of a crisis executive meeting as soon as the premier makes some sort of announcement, whether that's today or tomorrow? Uh, we've already sent out the, our, our suggestions to the clubs yesterday yep. after our meeting, and uh, that they are informed of what what's, what we're proposing, and that is to start this week, if not the following week. All right. Well, let's hope you can start this week. Thanks so much for being on the program. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Neville. Neville Whitley with us there from the GDFL. And, um, yeah, the amount of things that they've had to deal with as a local sports organisation, it's one thing to say the AFL's had to deal with a lot and moving players around and bubbles and rescheduling the the fixture. But as a local organisation that has fewer resources, um, they've still managed to pull through in some capacity, even though there's been quite an upheaval to the fixture, losing those end rounds. Mm, Yeah, true, true indeed. So At least they've got a plan. Well, that's right, and uh, as I said, round 14, I'm not sure, I haven't seen, uh, I have a, uh, a draw in front of me, but I'm not sure if that was round 14, so anyway, at this stage, that's what's, uh, what the go is, round 14 to commence uh, as soon as possible, so um, I did have Anarchy v Belmont the start of that round 14, but I may be, may be incorrect there, so, uh, but anyway, they do a, a very, very good job there, the GDFL, and um, yeah, let's hope for everyone that we can all get back and uh, have a look at the games.
I get the feeling that the government's going to be quite reluctant to have um, crowds back mm-hmm. at stadiums given the, well, I think it was the Geelong Carlton game that triggered off quite a few exposures and it's probably part of the problem that we're still trying to overcome now. And there's been other games and matches that have been um, flagged. So it seems like with the Delta variant, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to host um, outdoor sports. So I'd imagine that's going to be something that will trickle down to local sport and also be a problem for, say, the GDFL having big numbers. There'll be um, dense quotients and caps and all these things they have to navigate. Oh, that would be certainly uh, a big issue, Mitchell, and uh, come finals time. And uh, I guess with the AFL Bar and with the GFL, they had the um, having playing playing their games at uh, Cadinia Park. I mean, they can spread the crowd out a bit. St Albans is quite a spacious uh, area, but that will uh, that will certainly come into effect, and it would <laughs> be interesting to see what uh, capacity is allowed into that ground come finals and how it's all uh, organised, who comes in first, and etc. etc. So anyway, we'll just uh, wait and see, and hopefully, um, as I say, sooner than later, Mitchell, that we're uh, we're back having a look at the local football. So let's talk about the weekend in AFL because there's always a few surprises. And look, to be honest, a few weeks back, I really thought that Melbourne would have the minor premiership locked up, but now they've dropped back to third. So there's uh, always a few changes. I suppose we should just start with the Geelong-Richmond game yesterday. Um, Damien Hardwick, it was fascinating to watch his reactions. <laughs> He was very frustrated, wasn't he? Uh, he was indeed. Look, that was a uh, a pretty comprehensive win by Geelong. And um, I have a feeling that's three weeks in a row now that Geelong, at their very, very stingy best, have kept the opposition to one goal at halftime. Because they beat Carlton and Frio. And they were only, I think Carlton scored five goals and Frio three goals. And So I think there's three in a row. I might be wrong that Geelong have kept the opposition to one goal at halftime. But look, they just, uh, even with Dusty Martin in that Richmond side, um, they were probably never ever going to win that. But having said that, after half time, we saw Geelong sort of play that defensive game. And at nearly back five, with Richmond kicking two quick ones and then missing an easy shot. And then I think it was Radagalia got a goal back. And then Jack Revolt missed one for um, for Richmond. And then uh, Geelong just uh, took it took over again. But uh, for five or eight minutes in that third quarter, it just looked like Richmond were going to get back into that game. Yeah, it did and the commentators were certainly hoping that that was going to happen because <laughs> it would probably make their life more interesting. I've just checked and uh, you are in fact correct. They have had three games in a row where they've kept the opposition to a goal. Um, I think one of the oppositions was one goal nine at half time. I think that was Carlton. Carlton, that's right. Um, it was two. That's right. So yeah, I mean they haven't had their you know, they had their chance of scoring yeah. shots but yeah, Still, that's an interesting, that's probably quite daunting if you're an opposition team going up against Geelong. Two right, yeah. Exactly. And um, Richmond, um, I know some people are saying don't write off Richmond just yet. They can always come back. I don't know if you've crunched the numbers, but mathematically they're sitting 10th. Uh, they're on about par with a number of other teams actually on 32. There's four teams on 32 yeah. now, so that's going to be tough, that um, final spot, isn't it? It is indeed, and they play Frio next week, uh, Richmond, so that will be a very interesting game. Uh, and the other one that will have a huge impact is... Um, uh, is the Essendon Sydney game and uh, Greater Western Sydney play Port Adelaide, so there will be three games that will give us an even further indication. But uh, the GWS, they've basically done a Stephen Bradbury. They're just four. Suddenly they're in the eight. No one yeah. else wants it. They've all <laughs> fallen over again at, this weekend. So, but uh, yeah, I've put the Jonah on Carlton. I've got rid of them. I, I thought <laughs> gave them a chance and, and still Richmond. So. I don't know who I can get rid of this week coming, but um, I'm certainly not going to predict anything about Geelong because yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm staying out of it. Stay out of that. <laughs> um, but this time next week, it sounds like we may have a lot more clarity about who's in the edge. Uh, yeah, well, we will. Just with some of those key deciding games that you've mentioned yeah. there. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It, and, and then again, 
um, should Port Beach along um, Greater Western Sydney and uh, Frio beat Richmond, will Frio um, leapfrog GWS again? Mm. So, look, it's still uh, very interesting. St Kilda played Carlton. Well, there you go. St Kilda need to win that. And that's still only half a game out. At the, at yeah. the it's amazing what a draw will do, I suppose, as well, with mm. the half-game thing. Um, all right, so let's go through yep. some of the other games, starting off with um, Port Adelaide and Collingwood, a win to Port Adelaide there by 28 at Marvel Stadium. Yeah, well, that was just... Uh, they did what they had to do, Port Adelaide. Um, um, and I think they made a right decision, Mitchell, too, because they that was their home game, and they chose Marvel Stadium, I think, because of that faster deck. Um, that they uh, And that suited them very, very... Um, very well, so a uh, bit of a sluggish start, but then they kicked six in succession. So uh, uh, Travis spoke his 300th game, played a, a very good game with 30 possessions. It was interesting. I saw a couple of um, on uh, Facebook and whatever that, uh, and one Dick Philpot not happy with Mason Cox being uh, nominated as a medical sub. That was an interesting. Um, so that backfired. Once. So they wanted him to play or not play? Well, at all? well I don't. As a medical sub, and then all of a sudden after penalties injured, um, the midfield's uh, you know a real runner down. And in comes the big fella. So it didn't. It didn't work. Um, but anyway, um, we just um, Port just did what they had to do. And uh, Collingwood looked good at times, but uh, definitely um, after Penbury went off, they were they were they were down that man. And you're saying Port Adelaide gets to choose where they play their home games, i.e. Marvel Stadium, but Geelong doesn't. Yeah, well, they well they had the choice here, Port apparently for that one. Yeah, lucky them. Mm. Uh, in terms of the medical sub, when it was introduced at the start of the year, I thought this was sort of an emergency thing that may only be used on a handful of occasions. But it seems like the medical sub gets activated just about every could, game for both teams. It's going to be interesting come finals too. Just um, they want to be very careful with that. It's uh, it's a little bit. But um, do you think that rule will exist next year? Mm, uh, no, I, well, no, I don't think it, it will. But um, I could be wrong there too. Gee, um, yeah, I don't know if it's really helped because it's just yeah. really adding someone else to the interchange. Inter- yeah, isn't that's it? right. Yep. Uh, moving on to uh, Saturday's games and North Melbourne uh, getting up over Carlton, uh, thirty-nine points. So, what's going on with North Melbourne? Are they providing a bit of hope? Well, they've um, what's that? That's their f- fourth win, is it? I think. Um, I'll pull that up. Yeah, I, th- um, I think it is. At they, uh, look, that was a good performance, and Carlton had everything to play for. I mean, that was a chance to uh, to still be right in the hunt for a final eight. So, um, but again, um, he keeps believing in the players, David Teague. But um, no, look, they were um, they've just been inconsistent. North Melbourne just better ball use, Mitchell, and um, um, and it's um, I think of um, since he's been coaching, I think it's twenty one times I was looking the stats that Carlton have conceded five goals in a row. 21 times since under David Teague. They just they switch on, switch off, Carlton. Mm. Very, very disappointing, but uh, they're not offensive enough either. And uh, North Melbourne on the way off and um, on the way up, rather, should I say. And uh, nice to hear um, David Noble say that we do not want to finish on the bottom. So that would, um, obviously, the number one draft pick comes into equation, but uh, not interested in number one draft pick. Just don't want to finish on the bottom and get that, I think. Good attitude the, to have. The wooden spoon, as we used to call it. I think that gives you a bit of hope as a fan. Oh, look, they, look they've done pretty well, North. They've been in, in a number of games, so uh, it's looking a lot better than I think a lot of people thought that North Melbourne has for Carlton. Well, yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens with David Teague and who coaches him in So the future. would you think that uh, his position is the most precarious out of the 18 coaches at the moment? Yeah, I, I would. It's interesting. I mean, Alistair Clarkson has um, declared that he'll s- still coach Hawthorne next year, but... With him being available in 2023, does it 
you know, does Carlton sit back and say, right, we'll give let David Teague finish out his contract mm. and then and maybe put the fields out for um, Alistair Clarkson? I would have thought as a fan you wouldn't want sort of a caretaker coach. You'd want someone no. that's in for the long haul mm. and can deliver the, the premiership and is saying, OK, well, we've got a five-year plan. But to have someone there, oh, because it's just vacant for a yeah. year before someone else comes in. Yeah, no, that's true. It's in what the Collingwood, they'll have to appoint a, a coach. And having a look at the bottom of the ladder, so it's Hawthorne and North both on four wins at the moment. Um, so, you know, if North wins another game and Hawthorne doesn't, then Hawthorne finishes with the wooden spoon. Yeah, well, and um, in Collingwood, only half a game um, above... Um, yes, they're on 20 points. Yeah, so yep. they're still in the mix for that uh, wooden spoon. So it's been a long time since they've won one, I think under Murray Wiedemann. And uh, I'd be interested as well to know when was the last time yeah, Alistair Clarkson had a, a wooden spoon, mm. if at all. Yeah, I'm not Might sure. Might have been in the one. early days. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. All right, uh, continuing on with some of these other results, and over to the Gabba, 49 points uh, to uh, Brisbane over the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, well, that was a game of two halves, wasn't it, Mitchell? Gold Coast in front at half-time, and, and I think... Um, I think Chris Fagan gave um, Brisbane the old-fashioned spray at half-time. Um, so um, I wouldn't write them off for the flag, but look, they wasted their opportunities too, Brisbane. They had 72 inside 50s for the game and scored 17-18, so less than 50% um, going in forward. So, um, and in that first half, they had 34 entries and only converted 13 times. So, But the disappointing part with Gold Coast was the way they just put up the white flag and once they challenged Gold Coast and it seems to be a trend with them they just tend to um, show up for the first half and then once the pressure really applied um, they just go missing but uh, Tuuk Miller was a, another uh, shining light for Gold Coast To Optus Stadium and West Coast uh, beating St Kilda um, you know, there was some hope there for St Kilda. I think Max King, what did he get? Six goals. Yeah, good so performance. So hope for the future because he's only 21 years old, but just not quite enough to get them over the line. No, and he's been under pressure with his kicking, and uh, that uh, certainly may have not got the monkey off his back, but at least it uh, gave him some confidence, and he, he he's an exciting player, there's no doubt whatsoever. St Kilda will be frustrated. They've had a lot of injuries throughout the year. And again, um, I think at the weekend, they... Um, Marshall uh, was injured, so it was a big loss. Um, but yeah, they just um, just not haven't had a settled side, St Kilda. But um, I think their finals chances are just hanging there by a, a thin thread. And uh, West Coast bouncing back, so interesting. Over to the MCG and the Bulldogs defeating the Demons. Well, that was an interesting game, wasn't it? And, and it was just the Bulldogs, I think, early in the, in the match just handled the wet conditions. That first quarter, Mitchell, it was, the rain was bucketing down. So uh, they didn't handle it well. And um, there was very little in the scoring shots all night. But um, I liked the way uh, Maxi Gorn went about his job again, tried hard. Interesting fact, when, and I think when we look back at premierships, we say, look, the club was lucky because they had very few injuries. You know, like Brisbane, when they won their three-peat, they hardly turned over players because they just had a good run with injuries. Yes. Western Bulldogs have, have had 41 players run out in their senior side this year, and there they are sitting on top of the ladder. So what... And not, not through all through injuries, but with um, uh, Luke Beveridge just um, throwing players around. And so came, they've got depth of talent there as well. They, they, look, they have, because when uh, when they had the injury early in the, in the game, I think Sharkey went down back, and um, you know he just sat in there beautifully. Um, Caleb Daniel can go up forward and back, and um, yeah, I just um, they are certainly um, well and truly in the mix. Oh, you yeah, would think they are now. Yep. On to Marvel Stadium and Adelaide defeating Hawthorne. Yeah, look, that was just uh, it was a game that had very little significance, but um, 
Yeah, well done on Adelaide too to, uh, to get over the line at um, Hawthorne. They have been a little bit hot and cold. They've had a couple of interesting um, victories and a couple of um, really put in some stinkers. So, um, But uh, Rory Laird, uh, he just he was a difference there with 34 disposals. To yesterday's games, uh, the Sydney Swans defeating the Dockers um, there at Metricon Stadium. Yeah, look, that was a, uh, just a nice little win for Sydney. And um, I think if we stopped now and had a look at that side at the start of the year, not many people, I don't think very few would say they would have played final Sydney. A lot of them had them in the bottom four. And I think if you were going to announce the coach of the year um, at this stage of the season, and the coach of the year is not always the premiership coach, yes. I think it would be. And the winner is uh, Sydney, yeah. um, John Longmire, because he's done an enormous job. Young side, and, gee, they play like their life is on... Uh, Mm. is on the line and that from the back line and they're an exciting side probably won't finish top four but if they do whatever happens they will look give, out they might uh, come and uh, get they might just the cause an early upset in the finals and in terms of Frio it seems like it's a frustrating time at the moment to be a purple supporter <laughs> yeah look I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, good signs there um, at Frio um, they've got some good exciting players so but again that inconsistency when you've got a, a list and, and you have injuries that uh, they haven't also had a settled side similar to St Kilda and finally to uh, Metricon Stadium so they had the, the double header there and uh, GWS getting up over Essendon by 13 points yeah well look that was a surprise I thought Essendon well that was the um, that was the uh, the chance and as I said they've done basically Stephen Bradbury GWS next they find themselves in in eighth spot and um the difference there too was that young Lockie Ash, he tagged Darcy Parrish and uh, just kept him very quiet. And Darcy Parrish has had a, uh, the last four weeks, it's been tremendous for him. So mm. he was taken out of the game. Um, Lockie Whitfield back 36 um, possessions. And it, it may have something to do with it, but it was interesting to see that. Or Shane Mumford, let's not forget Shane Mumford again. Like he's going around at what 35, 36 years of age. Um, so he uh, he played, he had a, an integral part in that win yesterday. And they just uh, they bottled up Essendon, but uh, the thing was that they looked a lot happier at GWS, and the fact that now both their their man Sydney players' wives and partners have been uh, have arrived up in in uh, Queensland to. Um, are in isolation, but will we meet? You know, we join in their, their, uh, the players and, and the officials. So that probably is taking a bit of pressure off because they've been away for a, a fair bit. GWS. I thought the Players Association said we're not doing hubs again, but it sounds like they are doing well, some form yeah. of hubs. Well, see, yeah, well, see, GWS and Sydney were both down here in Melbourne, and suddenly within the space of 12 hours, we're told, pack, get on a plane and head up to Queensland because mm. with the lockdown coming into Melbourne. So, but GWS. They've got the opportunity. They're they're back in the eight now. They've just got to win win games and uh, and stay in there. And as I said, this weekend will be an interesting um, interesting round of football. Very quickly, the Olympics. Have you been watching it? Do you care? Uh, well, funnily enough, I, I wasn't originally, but because of the lockdown, and I think we are sitting home, and the weather hasn't been uh, very kind to us, so it has been interesting. I've been flicking back and forth, um, and yeah, look, congratulations to um, to uh, the Australians who've done a very good job so far, especially in the pool. It's been, uh, but it has been interesting to be able to come down, walk into the lounge, put the TV on, and watch and watch something. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, final word. Well, let's, uh, let's just hope that we get some good news uh, later on today from our Premier and, um, and let's hope that everyone just does the right thing and um, we're back to some normality in the next uh, 48 hours. Fingers crossed. Thank mm. you very much for that. I uh, really Mitchell. appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Um, that's a wrap from me for today. I'll be back tomorrow morning from 9 o'clock and uh, Wes Jay is with you straight after the 11 o'clock state news of 45 RPM. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11.
or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.